0: Essential NPCs, the podcast where we sample some of the best and possibly some of the worst tabletop RPGs. I'm Addie and I'm Tommy and you're listening to Series 7, Episode 14, Mystic Insight. And let's start it off with an announcement.
1: For those of you that support us on Patreon, we are pleased to announce that we have started recording our exclusive Patreon content. So hopefully we'll have some of that edited for you and released soon on our Patreon page. Uh, And for anyone who's wondering, we do in fact have a Patreon page, patreon.com slash essential NPCs. You can go there and support the podcast, help keep it alive, and get access to some cool extra content like little one-shot, Uh, episodes and mini campaigns every dollar pledge helps keep this podcast going so we can keep bringing you guys more episodes speaking of which let's move on into words with the gm hi hello gm hi this words with the gm is about episode 13 los dias de las espadas So there was a lot of dueling in this episode. Yes, there was. Uh, I like how the episode began with me dueling Shamash and ended with me dueling Shamash. That was fun. It was
0: convenient. Almost like it was planned. (laughs) Uh, Yeah. So I wanted to quickly go over dueling um, uh, uh, for 7C because it's got an entirely different um, mechanic set than almost anything else in the game and also, uh, give a few tips to those of you who are making characters and or running games, uh, uh, for duelists. So usually during Words with the GM, I like to talk about mechanics, but Tommy is our dueling expert, having played a duelist in the podcast, and then also a lot of different kinds of duelists while we were
1: play testing the system. Yeah, I think I haven't yet played a 7 seed character that wasn't a duelist.
0: Uh, so he's going to talk a little bit about the actual basic mechanics. That way, when we re- reference stuff, you guys know what we're talking about.
1: Yeah, dueling is almost like a little mini-game, uh in and of itself, especially when you pit a duelist against another duelist. As you've picked up, uh, and I think we may have mentioned before, gaining access to dueling uh, through the Duelist Academy Advantage gives you access to uh, a bunch of different maneuvers that uh, have unique ways to deal wounds and prevent wounds and augment uh, the amount of wounds that can be dealt. Uh, There's Slashing, which deals your weaponry in wounds. There's uh, Feint, which increases the amount of damage you deal next time you hurt Somebody, there's bash, which reduces the amount of damage people deal next time they attack, and then there's uh, parry, which removes wounds that are dealt to you, which is kind of like a little finicky, because sometimes someone will deal wounds to you, and then when your turn comes around, you actually retroactively parry those wounds away. Uh, and then once per round, you can do the repost maneuver, which is like a parry and a slash all-in-one, where you prevent the wounds that they dealt to you last time and also deal wounds in one fell swoop. Uh, and then also there's the fun uh, lunge maneuver which takes all of your raises away and deals that much damage plus your weaponry to the enemy in a way that cannot be prevented you can't parry or repost against the lunge uh and so what what this all boils down to is kind of this this fun like strategy that you actually get when you're playing a duelist uh because you know when you're fighting against brute squad sure you just like bash and slash and you know whatever because you know, who cares? They're brutes. But when you're up against someone who can actually duel back, you kind of have to be like, okay, well, if he bashes me, then I shouldn't slash because I won't deal any of those wounds. I have to do a different thing that deals less wounds than a slash so that I can soak up the effect of the bash maneuver. And then it becomes almost like this this little dance that I really, really like between uh, uh, enemy duelists and, and yourself as you are trying to outsmart and outmaneuver each other, which feels very thematic and very fun.
0: So I wanted to, uh, talk about dueling specifically a, because we had a whole bunch of dueling in the last episode, but also because it can be tricky and a little bit of a challenge to balance encounters and handle, um, a party with only one or two duelists, um, and then having basically non-combat characters. I found that there are basically two ways uh, to handle this because if you throw just a bunch of brute squads at them, a duelist is going to take care of it and the team is going to be fine. Um, But if you want to raise the stakes a little bit, the uh, most prudent way I found to uh, deal with a duelist is give them another duelist to deal with. While the rest of the team is fighting brute squads, which are pretty evenly matched against non-combat characters with some ranks in whatever combat skill that they've chosen, the duelist can take on the other duelist and definitely be occupied for a while. The other way to do it is to give your non-combat characters other things to take care of. Like the zombies are going to get into the mine if you don't spend eight raises. Um, Things that really motivate characters.
1: Yeah, Incorporating dramatic sequence style consequences to action sequences uh, really helps make it so every character can feel useful, not just duelists.
0: At first, I tried smaller brute squads going for the other characters and then giant brute squads going for the duelists. And the duelists still ended up taking care of most of the enemies um, just because they're so much more efficient at combat.
1: Uh, and there's a couple... There, There is a workaround for that. Um, if you want to be good at combat and don't want to be fully uh, a full-fledged duelist, there is a three-point advantage in the sourcebook Nations of Thea 1 called Student of Combat, which you can take, and it gives you the slash maneuver, the parry maneuver, and one other basic maneuver of your choice. So you don't get, like, the special school academy maneuver, but you still have three basic abilities that make you good at combat. Uh, there's also... Uh, certain advantages that help you specifically deal with brute squads, like Riot Breaker makes it so brutes have a harder time hurting you, and then we see Kirill has the uh, reckless takedown, so you can spend a hero point to wipe out an entire brute squad if you're willing to take a dramatic wound. Uh, There's also one that I have as Bastion, which I haven't used, which is called Whirlwind of Steel. You don't roll anything for that combat, and all brute squads involved in that combat are reduced by half-strength, which is really, really helpful Like if you have another duelist you can kind of mop up after that though really if you want to be a top tier combat character in seventh c you gotta invest in being a duelist and you don't have to go full-on bastion and be like dueling is the thing that i care about entirely uh you, there's still plenty of advantage points to play with uh what with background advantages and stuff like that from character creation that allow you to make a, a more well-rounded character while still having the duelist academy advantage
0: So GMs, I would strongly suggest that you recommend to your players at character creation that they pick up some dueling maneuvers uh, in whatever fashion they decide, if they want to be good at combat, and if that's the kind of campaign that you're running. If you're running an intrigue campaign, maybe you don't need a duelist. Uh, If there's really not going to be a whole lot of fighting, you can pare down the sort of difficulty of any fight to to suit your non-combat team. But if you're going to do, you know, Indiana Jones adventure or high seas swashbuckling just by action economy alone, your team will regret not having uh taken some duelist maneuvers uh in their character builds.
1: Yeah. <laughs> But that's enough talking about dueling. Let's talk about the previous episode, which was entirely dueling. Uh, <laughs> Addie, what was your favorite moment from the previous episode?
0: Um, my favorite moment was when the crowds amassed around you guys while you were having dinner. Um, that mental image of, like, basically fangirls and, <laughs> and, and, and fanboys just like, oh, my gosh, are they friends? Are they going to fight after dinner? Like, just that entire crowd, like, mumbling, like, pointing at you guys as you're trying to like enjoy your dinner. Um, I just loved that image. And and, you know, it made the Festival of Swords to me feel like a convention. And I just love that sort of like allegory, like uh, that
1: parallelism. Yeah, yeah. Making it visible that it was in fact a like spectator event. (laughs) But what was your favorite part? Well, uh, it may come as a shock, but my favorite part was the final duel. (laughs) (gasps) Uh, (laughs) The final duel with Shamash Bell, uh, obviously was a climactic and exciting ending to the episode. And, uh, the reason it's my favorite part is actually something that might not be entirely clear to the listeners. And it's that that duel was really, really close. Basically, as soon as, uh... You, Addy, told, uh, uh, revealed that the final duel isn't to First Blood, which we had been playing as First Dramatic Wound, but instead it was, you know, when you choose to yield is when it ends. I was like, okay, well, when would Bastion yield? And I made the decision going into the fight. You know, I'm going to yield at the third dramatic wound. That's it, because there you only have four dramatic wounds as a character. So you know, as soon as I had seen that third dramatic wound, I'm out. And so the at the very end there, as I was uh, after I got that kind of laceration that made it so I was taking wounds every time I did something, I did that final slash which pushed me into my third dramatic wound, and I was like, that's it. I'm going to yield. And then Shamash was like, I yield. And I was like, oh, shit. (laughs) That was so close. I was just about to yield myself. (laughs) Like it was just a whole roller coaster ride. You know, (laughs) I started off really strong and then he put me on the back foot and I thought, oh, no, I might lose this duel. And then I started to pick up momentum again. And then I with that bleed started to really, really take effect. And I was like, this is it. I'm about to yield. Uh, It was fun for me. And hopefully our listeners were able to kind of feel that back and forth as like the, favor of the fight kind of tip scales back and forth a little bit right up there to the end where it was just so close to both of us being done.
0: Yeah, I definitely enjoyed listening to it as well and the music cues were on point.
1: Yeah, Montana Skies, check them out. They do some great flamenco. <laughs> <laughs> but uh that is all the time we have for words with the GM. Uh we are still at the Festival of Swords. We are at day Five of the festival uh which includes a dance with a bowl uh so let's go ahead and move on in and listen to series 7 episode 14 mystic insight enjoy i am Bastian corazon i hail from the castilian city of odysia home of the duelist tournament known as the festival of swords Watching swordmasters all over the world compete inspired me at a very young age to take up the blade. Once I was old enough, I joined the Explorer Society as a means to travel to Avalon and study under the masters of the Skaldas Klesa style. However, earning entry to the Duelist Guild was not enough for me. I have spent nearly two decades since traveling the world, testing my blade against masters and villains alike. Most recently, I have found myself aboard a pirate ship, accompanying a man I consider a brother. Goodbrand Stradbella on his journey to Numa to uncover lost artifacts. One day I hope to truly master the way of the sword, unlock its secrets, and eventually settle down and found a duelist academy to teach a style of my own making. Until then, I will continue to travel the world and learn what I can the way I know best, crossing blades with skilled duelists brave enough to face me.
2: Gudbrunnstrand Vala, and it is very good to meet you. Please don't be too alarmed from my appearance. I am a Skald Vala, a keeper of runes, a finder of lore, a protector of the legacy of Vestan Manavn, Yar. This may seem like a lofty title, but I promise, modern Vestans appreciate far more the achievements of their fighters and their merchants. With the founder of a notable merchant's guild for a father and a mother whose dueling skills are renowned across Theia, I have quite a bit to live up to. Nothing made this more clear than my parents' obvious adoration of Bastion. Today, I call him brother, but when my mother first took him into our home for training, I admit my jealousy of his easy demeanor and obvious skill with the weapon. It was this skill that cemented us as a team, working for our respective societies. For the first time, he has taken me away from my home country, on a path that may lead me to the fabled 13th Rune, and with it, the immortality of my name,
3: Ahoy, I am Captain Kirill Tikhvintimovich, strongest man in there. <laughs> You'll believe. <laughs> Maybe strongest. Who is to say? My past is unimportant. Now I am captain of the Iceberg. She is a very good vessel, silent as the grave, and sturdy enough to sail in dangerous waters. Others won't follow. Excellent for smuggling. I make certain modifications myself after I steal her from Atabian Trading Company, not Kirill's biggest fans. About two years ago, I am finding Stowaway, uh, who is nephew of Vodachi Merchant Prince, a man who hires me to smuggle relics. The boy is young, but sharp as tattoo needle. He pays Kirill well to pocket artifacts he likes uh, before they are reaching uncle, and so we are in business. However, coin is not enough. Everyone I am allowed to sailing on the iceberg has their uses.
4: (laughs) Matteo di Caligari at your service. You may have heard of me. Certainly my uncle is a merchant prince of Wodachi, but I am constructing a legacy of my own as a renowned archaeologist for the Explorers Society. Ever since I was a boy, I have loved to watch my uncle's smugglers deliver ancient artifacts from all over the world. As I matured, I loved even more to skim a few off the top for my own personal study. At thirteen, my uncle took notice of my mental, if not material, acquisitiveness, and sent me to university and lyceum in Castile, from which I graduated in a prodigious two years, making only minimal enemies in the process. After the completion of my studies, instead of returning home on Capitano Kirill's vessel, I stowed away to sail straight to the source of my desires, the occult ruins of the mysterious Sirneth. By age 16, our mutually profitable arrangement brought us to Vestin Minavinjar, where the Explorer Society connected us with the Duelist Bastian, the Vala Skald Gudbrand, and a lead that would change the course of our fates forever.
0: At the close of our last episode, we found our heroes celebrating Bastian's victory in the Festival of Swords, uh, becoming in turn uh, the Sword of Castile. There was a night of great drinking and revelry, and uh, the celebration goes into the wee hours of the morning. What are you guys up to?
1: Uh, Well, I am, uh, at some point during the night, I am going to try to talk to Mateo's uh, father, uh, indicating uh, the horrible wound I have in my in my side that uh, nearly fell me uh, during our duel uh, and I'm going to say can you teach me this maneuver
0: of course I can would you like to learn now
1: <laughs> uh, yeah sure uh, I I clear I clear away the people nearby I'm like excuse us excuse us and and Mateo's father and I <laughs> wounded heavily from our fight still uh, square off against each other
0: yes now uh well, with
1: rematch taking bets
0: <laughs> no 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 with uh with your here and he tosses you a knife sure he says with uh your offhand instead of going uh through uh pull up and back towards you as you rip through their
1: flesh i uh I'm the motions like this Yes, I will practice with him for a while. Yeah. And then. Uh,
0: Roland also joins in, even though nobody asked him.
1: <laughs> <laughs>
0: He's got a goblet in one hand and a knife in the other that he just like pulled out of nowhere.
3: Up and back. Rip the flesh. <laughs> <laughs> this guy's so great.
0: Uh, yeah, and uh, you two kind of spar off. Um, mm-hmm. And he. he Teaches you a dueling style as an exhibition in front of everyone.
1: Yes. Uh, it will take me some time to master it, but now I know how to... Uh, or I know uh, what the maneuver is for that I'm aiming. Uh, thank you. I bow to him again. You are truly a master swordsman.
0: Uh, he bows his head and says, uh, Come, let let us drink our cares away.
1: Is uh, Mateo anywhere nearby? Oh, yes.
4: Uh, I have been um, hovering near- nearby... Uh, Shamash Bell and uh, and watching the festivities, although I have not gotten into them the same way everyone else has. Um, I have been waiting for maybe a. Uh, a quiet moment to speak to my father, but he has been thronged and Bastian as well. But uh, both of them have been swarmed all evening. Yes. I...
1: Well, when, when I finish with my exhibition, I, as we're walking back to drink our cares away, I grab Mateo to join us. <laughs> I put my arm around him and carry him with and I make sure he sits between me and his father. <laughs> <laughs> First, I turn
4: to my father and I say, Father, that... Uh, your duel with Bastian was well fought. It was magnificent to watch. And while you may not have earned it from uh, Headmaster Niswa and and Kirsemi, you certainly have earned this from me. And I unpin his sort of Castile pin, and I I pin it on his like as a brooch on his white cape.
0: Uh, as you go to do that, he he stops you and says, uh-huh. uh, "It it gives me." Uh, great joy to know that you carry it with you
4: oh then i would be happy to keep it i must ask where do you go after this
0: where i am needed
4: i imagine you are the best judge of that bastian
1: <laughs> uh, yes
4: um as for you if you recall uh your friend Isabel McAllister recently asked for help, and uh, you have completely neglected this uh, call for aid. In your stead, I have negotiated a potential uh, rescue for your friend Isabel. We execute it during the celebration after the bulls tomorrow.
1: I I raise my eyebrows, uh, grinning, and I grab a goblet and I put my feet up on another uh, chair and lean back and I go. You believe I neglected this responsibility? I disagree. You asked me earlier to let you work.
4: Oh, you dog, you.
1: <laughs> <laughs> I believe I had my best man on it. And I take a drink and I, I say, tell me what you found out.
4: Um, uh, Mateo turns red, buries himself in a goblet of wine for a, a swig and says, um, Isabel is not averse. Um, she is brave enough to try to make an escape during... Um, during the celebration after the Bulls tomorrow. Uh, And um, I do not trust Marcel Nissois. The way he spoke of her, the um, ownership that he flaunted over uh, over Isabel, it does not sit right with me. I even had a mind to try and rescue Caroline as well, but I don't have an opportune uh, way to do it as of yet. Uh, I'm still thinking of it. But uh, we get her onto the ship tomorrow.
1: I am amenable to this plan. I just simply must warn you. You have not dealt with Isabel as I have. She plays the damsel in distress to a T. But she is, in fact, more dangerous than most people in this world. Uh, and I, I, I raise up, like, my, my, like, shirt and show, like, a scar on, like, the left side of my abdomen that, like, goes through to the other side. I was like, this was during one of our disagreements a while back. And I lower my, like, collar and show, like, a gash across, like, my, like, jugular. And this is another one. Uh, She is ruthless and very, very prone to double crossing. While I am sure uh, uh, she does, in fact, want our help, it would be just as easy for her to be manipulated into uh, setting us up for a trap. She
4: will betray me as soon as she will stab herself in the back. If you mean what you say and believe you have put your best man on this job, then I would call Isabel my friend sooner than my enemy.
1: I will follow your lead on this. (laughs) It will not be the first time I cross blades with her if she, tries to, uh, if she tries something funny.
4: Father, I leave it to you if you think you are needed.
0: I, I uh, promise to do what I can for you, son, but I operate best outside of plain view.
4: That much I understand. But you must answer me this. You say you have a family in a shore. Have you taken another to wife since my mother, Lucrezia?
0: No, of course not. I have never loved another like I loved her, but circumstance being what it is, it is not meant to be.
4: Letting, letting slip the, the barest uh, hint of a grin, you know, this is a way in which I could help you. I and a friend of mine are very capable smugglers, and we have brought... Uh, More secret things than intruders into Vodachi before. If you ever wish to see my mother again, I can help you. He pauses for a moment, uh,
0: seriously, seeming to seriously consider what you're saying, and he goes, My life is not what I would call safe. I believe loving your mother from afar is... The best I can do for her.
4: Then, uh, and I take out uh, 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 parchment and quill, which I carry always on my person, <laughs> okay. uh, and 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 say, what may I tell her from you? And you don't have to actually say it, but... <laughs> like, he,
0: he actually takes the pen and paper from you and, and yeah. writes something. Uh, I know you will want to look at this. Please don't. And he does a slash right across where the papers meet, uh, where they're folded
4: um,
0: with with the pen to make like a, an ink line.
4: Uh, I grimace, but I agree sincerely for the first and only time in my whole life. <laughs> <laughs> These words will be secret. I'm not sure I want to read the love letter between my mother and father anyway. <laughs> <laughs> And
0: uh, you return to a jovial nature as yes much as
4: you... i i I am able to enjoy the wine in front of me.
0: Is anybody else going to get up to anything before uh, the night is through?
2: A good rent had in uh, early night you uh, went out for just the barrister celebration and then probably uh, went home with uh, your uh, father and mother and had a good night's rest. Kiddo falls asleep in the alley.
3: <laughs> yeah. <laughs>
0: um, okay, so uh, everyone, uh, not just you guys, but everyone at the castle uh, festivities falls asleep kind of where they lie or wanders back to their homes. Do you guys return to the Jenny's Hall or do you uh, return to uh, Bastian's
1: family's home? I believe I'm going to return to the Jenny's Hall for the time being. The desire to celebrate with my family is less, uh, less strong than my desire to make sure if anyone tries to move against me for the actions I took the other night, uh, that it does not happen in my familial home.
0: What about everybody else?
4: I am at Bastion's uh, parents' house. And Kirill's in the gather.
1: <laughs> That's right. <laughs> they made it halfway there.
0: The night passes without event. And uh, you wake up in the morning.
1: I find Kiro on my way outside the Jenny's Hall. Um, and uh, I, I take him to my family's house uh, to find Mateo and Gubrand there.
0: Uh, your mother has already cooked breakfast and headed out for uh, her shift.
1: As we enter, I, uh, I, I move into the kitchen, help myself to some of the food. And I sit down and go, uh, Mateo, you say you have a plan, yes? Uh today is the day of the baile uh the the bullfight if you will.
4: A plan. Yes. Uh, well the bull dance will be a magnificent distraction. Uh headmaster Niswa will have to be watching it and um it's possible that with a little bit of uh finagling Caroline may not be there. Um I'll have to find out what time it is and uh, how much work I'll have to do to get Caroline out of the way. If Caroline is out of the way, so will Isabel. Uh, It should be easy enough for you and I to separate the two of them and uh, uh, get them onto the awaiting iceberg. From there, we move on and see if we can um, bait Emboise into following us.
1: You believe uh, Caroline will be willing to uh, uh, run away with you?
4: As it stands now, I don't have a convincing way to get Caroline um, on the boat with us. Unfortunately, while I do believe her father is perhaps being a, a little um, less permissive than he should be with the girl, the, uh, I can't find a just, real justification to steal her away from her home. I can certainly offer her passage with us if she wishes to go and, and um, study in the field on her own, but uh, I, I don't
2: feel that uh, I have a case to steal her away. Are you not perhaps a little
1: bit worried about uh,
2: being betrayed
1: by Isabel? Oh, I am one hundred percent worried about that. <laughs> I have already uh, uh, brought this to the attention of Matteo. Uh, he seems confident in her in her uh, desire to be saved. If he is wrong, I will handle it. and if he is not, all is well. I will be at my most alert, just waiting for this to go badly. <laughs> he very often does when Isabel is uh, uh, when Isabel is involved. Well, trust Though him. it is always fun. <laughs> fun for you, perhaps. I am con- constantly worried about your well-being with that one. I stretch out my wounds from the day before to <laughs> make myself feel a little more ready for a fight. <laughs>
3: Friends of yours are friends of Kirill's. We have room now that cargo hold is empty for a few more passengers. Uh, I'm still unclear on where we are to be going. That is the question. Uh, We move to
4: intercept Amboise if we can. Um, I've tried to do my best to lure him here to Castile. Um, And if I can convince Caroline to come with us, perhaps on the promise that I reunite her with Ambroise, uh, maybe we can solve all this diplomatically. I am given to understand that if we, get M- if, if we have Ambroise's uh, second icon and combine it with the icon that we already possess, it will tell us where we need to go next. The guide divine, the key, the lock.
1: Oh, yes, the, the poem. Oh, yes. Oh, yes. <laughs> he spent path, so long
2: translating it. The path about. on which good men shall go. The good men, I hope... It's us. But we still have no idea whether or not uh, m- whether or not Amboise is on his way here. Is that correct? No, we can't know. E- even I am taking a big risk on this gambit. Perhaps if we could uh, track the icon, if there's a way to um, sense a magical item that would be helpful for us, what do you think? If you can do that, that would be magnificent. Well, I- if we could know that Amboise was on his way, that would make my planning... Ten times easier. I'm not sure uh, if the local reliquary has an item like that, but I can always ask the Seekers. Uh, ready break. <laughs> <laughs> uh,
1: uh, we should act soon. Uh, the uh, the bylay will be happening shortly. This is the closing ceremony of the, uh, uh, of the Festival of Swords. It will last all day, but the, festi- the, but the distraction begins in a few hours' time.
4: Yes, well, does the celebration happen to last past... Ten
1: o'clock. At that point, it might uh, it it will be much like last night. There will be people out and people who have gone to bed. Okay. Uh, The the parade will end just before the final meal of the day.
4: Caroline has a curfew at ten p.m. I I watched it. uh, I watched it separate Caroline from uh, Marcel Nissois just yesterday.
2: So that is the time when we will strike. Is the plan? It
4: uh, is very possible. but I may need to talk to Caroline before that.
1: Well, that will be what the uh, what the dance is uh, serving as a distraction for, then. All right. Uh, I suppose uh, uh, Mateo and I should go and try and find the location of Isobel and Caroline.
3: Do not forget Caroline, Caroline. To, uh, for picking up your sword.
1: Yes, I've not forgotten. Uh, we do need to make a detour through the market so that I can get my dragonizing sword. That's I, 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 this is the point where Bastian looks like a young schoolboy who is very <laughs> excited.
2: <laughs> uh, I will join you to pick up the sword to make sure there is no misunderstanding, and then uh, <laughs> split off from you <laughs> after that.
1: That makes sense. All right, to the marketplace.
0: Uh, yeah. So you arrive at uh, Fraulein and Herr Schneider's tent, and it it still says. Uh,
2: this is the place. It is closed. Guten Morgen! Sword. <laughs> <sighs> yes, hello again, uh, as always. I apologize <laughs> for my partner's <laughs> says Guthbrand.
0: Eberhard uh uh lifts the tent flap and uh beckons you in. I, it is uh good to see you. Congratulations. Uh please please extend them to to uh Bastion.
2: Of course, uh, uh, he it says, congratulations on your uh, prestigious win yesterday. I,
1: I, uh, danke. <laughs> and I, and I bow.
0: Uh, he, he nods. Um, and, uh, and says, uh, Hannah worked, uh, nearly since you left, um, on, on the sword, but it is, it is ready. Are you ready?
2: I d- am prepared, uh, f- to admire your daughter's work.
0: So he goes, uh, please, uh, wait here. And he walks back into like a a little like maybe like storeroom, like where the the pieces are that aren't um, sharpened and displayed uh, are and uh, comes back out with uh, a rapier and scabbard uh, in hand. And uh, a girl, probably 20, steps out behind him uh, and Sort of uh, nods her head at you guys. Um, Fräulein
2: Hanna, uh, very honored to make your acquaintance.
0: She looks at her father, and he does like a like a hand signal with one with one hand, uh, and. She nods to you um, and shakes her hand, uh, and then she turns to Bastian and excitedly um, grabs your hand with both of her hands and like shakes uh, your hands really hard and then um, she steps back to uh, her father's side, and her father uh, takes the the scabbard and uh, points it so the the handle is facing her and she like pulls pulls the sword a beautiful sword, uh, out of the scabbard and it's like light. Um, you can just tell by the way she holds it. It's also, um, there's almost like a, like a blue sheen on it. Um, that sort of like where the light hits it, it, it looks like it's blue, but it's like a little darker than your, your steel, your steel sword. And she takes it in her open palms and she presents it
1: to Bastion. I, I sit there for a second. I gasped audibly when it was uh, drawn. And uh, with like a, a a slightly trembling hand, I reach out and I take the blade mm-hmm. and I raise it up and I feel the weight. You said it's very light. Yes. Uh, and um, I kind of step back to where there's room and I kind of do a, a couple maneuvers. I you know swing it around, uh, toss it behind my back and catch it in my other hand. Uh, and then, uh, uh, point it down, point it up, check like how straight it is. Uh, and then I reach out for the, uh, the scabbard.
0: Uh, and he, he, uh,
1: gives it to you. Uh, and then with one more look of longing at these, at this legendary blade I have in my hand, I sheath it. And, uh, I turn to Gubran and I say, I, I do not have the words to sh- share with him my, how appreciative I am.
2: You have rendered my good friend Bastian speechless, which I can tell you uh, is a bit of a feat. Um, he, he could not be happier uh, with this work. Uh, Hannah, thank you again.
0: And uh, Eberhard speaks up. Uh, it's our pleasure. Uh, it, it was a, a great thing for you to allow my daughter
4: this honor.
2: And we are, we are very lucky to have found you. And uh, I hold out my hand toward Mateo. Mateo, oh the, yes the sword. of course
4: I've unbelted the uh <laughs> it's not much of a trade but please take back your
2: other masterwork uh, we this sword I promise was not used at all in the festival it is uh it is unmarked uh, 100%
0: and uh Hannah steps forward uh takes it and takes it on the wall and uh nods again um and she does like a hand motion uh and uh and uh, Eberhard says uh she says thank you
2: and uh, is so is there uh, you have you are keeping the uh what what else what do we owe you for for such fine work?
0: Our deal was struck. Uh, there is dragon left, and we will return it to de but of course we would not turn away any gift you might share
2: uh, bastian is uh, of course our deal is struck, but uh, if you are happy with your a uh, sword perhaps uh, a token of gratitude
1: uh, yeah i had turned my back to the group i turn back as i am addressed i'm wiping a tear from my <laughs> eye uh and i go yes of course uh uh they can uh, a blade like this uh i don't know how much wealth did i get for winning the festival of swords 12 so, 12 uh then i will uh i will pull out four wealth worth of uh of coin uh and and set it uh uh, I hand it to to uh, Gubran, uh-huh. and I say, "This is not even enough. This is just what I took with me from home." <laughs>
2: uh, and I, I take the wealth and I place it on his counter, and I say, "I I promise this this does not express his gratitude, but uh, this is what he has to offer, and I hope you can put it to good use." And uh, in my linguistic studies, I'm not like by any means at all. Uh, 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 proficient at all in in hand signs but i i give maybe the one sign of gratitude that i know to uh to henna and uh give her a, another slight bow uh
0: she smiles and uh signs to you more prolifically than you understand uh but you kind of get the gist
2: sure absolutely
0: is there anything else i can help help you with uh
2: you have done more than enough uh, thank you again. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, I, and I lead my, my three compatriots out
1: of, uh, out of the uh,
2: Schneider smithy.
1: Also, at the beginning of the day, I did give all of you one wealth uh, from the Victor's Purse. I could not have done this without you. All of you. Uh, the journeys that we've had together have fortified my hand with the sword. And uh, without the experiences I've had with each of you, uh, these Victor Purse would not be in my hands. I also give two wealth to my mother. And father,
0: yeah,
2: brother, you are too generous. Uh, not at all. And I would not accept it if I had any wealth of my own, but I don't, so I take it.
3: <laughs> <laughs> I do, and I would.
2: <laughs> <laughs> this could come in handy.
1: I f- if you believe we need more, of course. I have the remaining purse, but I have no—I do not have much need for coin.
2: Well, uh, my friends, I am off to the reliquary. Uh, Bastian, I, I put my hand on his shoulder for the last time. Please. Be careful with Isabel. I cannot bear to watch your heart get broken again.
1: I uh I nod and I give Gubran a hug and uh I don't I, I don't have a response. I'm still reeling from collecting a draconizing so <laughs> <laughs> I say thank you, brother. It's quite a weapon.
0: Yeah, uh, Bastian, you get home and uh, you look at the very uh, top of the blade near the hilt uh, as you're sort of finding the balance of the sword. It's because it's much lighter uh, than you. It's lighter than a dagger, um, and uh, you you look uh, just near the hilt, engraved in beautiful writing, is uh, the name of the blade, which is Champion.
1: Yes, I, uh, it takes some getting used to. I may have to relearn a couple of techniques. And uh, I, it's, again, once I'm home, I I do. Uh, I abuse it a little bit. It's more like a toy for a brief moment. I'm just like a kid with a stick, uh, like a very fun toy. I'm swinging it around, uh, being like, this is amazing. This is a dream come true. Oh. <laughs> but uh, uh, we have business to attend to. So I, I steal myself away and I sheath a champion. And uh, I put it on, the, on my belt, uh, so I have two, bel- two swords on my belt uh, on the left side. Uh, and uh, I believe I need to join Mateo uh, to uh, uh, speak with Isobel while he speaks with Caroline. Kiro, are you coming with us or are you going with uh, with uh, good brand to the reliquary?
3: A good brand around magical items seems like maybe just in case I <laughs> uh, may need a hand. These Inquisition people, I do not like them. Does that make sense? Look
1: after my brother for me. You two are brothers? No, you've heard this. <laughs>
3: <laughs> he's joke. <he's> <laughs> is <not>
1: great. <laughs> <laughs> Because you look nothing alike. <laughs> uh, we we split the party. Uh,
0: so you head to uh, the reliquary that you know uh, is secreted away in the catacombs under the castle. Uh mm-hmm. And, uh, it takes you a little while to get there, but, uh, reading the signs, uh, of like runes etched in, you know, the ground or like <laughs> in a corner of a building or something, it's, it's an easy, easy path to tread. Um, the two of you stand out a little bit as you go. Uh,
2: I don't understand why. <laughs> uh,
0: a couple of times you're stopped by people who want autographs, uh, from <laughs> Kirill, uh, and in no time you arrive the the door is a puzzle of uh runes mm-hmm. uh which you've solved many a
2: time it's a, always a different rune but always the same puzzle solution uh
0: and you head inside uh, inside the rooms are uh narrow with vaulted ceilings and uh they give they give a weirdly serene feeling as sort of like blue lights uh flicker uh near the ceiling uh giving it sort of like a a gloomy but ethereal uh glow in these uh in these shadowed halls eventually uh you come to the main library and eventually find um the the librarian who is the keeper of this secret house He's a he's an old man with long silver hair, uh, and uh, in heavy green robes and and uh, large two large spectacles mm. on his face with a, another set of spectacles uh, farther down his nose, <laughs> um, and he's reading a book that's probably like definitely bigger than like his f- head. Like it's mm. it's a it's like probably like eighteen inches tall. Uh, and he's, and he's like face into it, studying it.
2: Um, I, I walk up to him and I say, um, hello, excuse me. Uh, my name is, uh, Guthbrand I am looking for the, uh, head reliquarian. Uh, he turns a page. <laughs> uh, uh ex- pardon me. Uh, the greetings of Ecarila to you. Uh, I, uh, I am looking for the head librarian. Could you point me in the, in the right direction? Excuse me?
0: Are you speaking to us or talking at your book? He's uh, talking at his book, like reading aloud, trying to figure out the puzzle that he's obviously reading. <laughs> like the declension of one of the words is weird. Uh, and he's trying to figure out where it goes.
2: Um, I move behind him and uh, look at what he is reading and... Uh, immediately point out the the error he has made in his translation and say oh, no 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 this actually uh, uh this is the, the the verb form of the word rather than the noun so it's actually the action and not what's being described here
0: he uh ah! mm, takes out a takes out a, a piece of chalk and throws it onto the ground <laughs> <laughs> uh and um immediately you feel like you're like slowed down like you have lost the will to take an action. Um as uh as he sort of like backs up and grabs another uh book under one arm and and <laughs> and out of his green robes he pulls out another piece of chalk, looks at it really quick out of the side of his eye and and goes, Who who are you? Can what I- are you doing here?
2: Gudbrand Strands there, wanting to explain himself, but uh, his tongue seems frozen in his mouth. Oh, right. Uh, this is
3: Gudbrand Strandveld. He is part of your society, I am told. Uh, I am Captain Kirill Tikvin Timovich, uh, most popular man in Cas- in uh, Castile. <laughs> uh, <laughs> uh, we, we come seeking only information and aid, uh, but if you throw that shock at me, I will end you. <laughs> 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 what (laughs) good brand uh, wizard (laughs) kill kill you (laughs) (laughs) wow why didn't you say so in the first place I did, did not, brand did I not say so?
0: Why uh, not just say hello rather than sneak up on a man?
2: Nah, <laughs> yeah, I tried. Oh. Did, I tried to. Oh, thank you. Nah. But, uh, again, okay, so my name is strand developer for the third time. Uh, I am a, a seeker, and I am seeking your uh, wisdom and perhaps assistance. You're looking for something? Uh, yes, uh, and I, nah. <laughs> there's, a, there's an artifact uh, we are trying to find. Uh, it is a uh, related and I was wondering if perhaps there is uh, something here that will help us track the item to bring us closer to it and get it out of the wrong hands.
0: He pockets his uh, chalk.
2: Thank you for putting that <laughs> down.
0: Well, uh, come, come, come here, young, young man, and we'll, we'll find the thing that you're looking for. I, I, I think I have a thing that might help you this way excellent he takes teeny tiny little steps it's very (laughs) slow he's a very small man in a very large heavy robe
3: would you like me to carry you somewhere you just point direction
0: is that how you're going to kill me that's what you said right
3: it it, it was it was threat not uh not promise
0: (laughs) oh yes
3: Uh, okay i give him uh he sits on shoulders he these high vaulted ceilings, you say yes, yeah, yeah. <laughs> he sits on Kiro's shoulders
0: no to the to the left, son
2: okay, and I follow behind them,
0: mm-hmm. He taps your head on the right to the, no to the right
2: to the
3: right mm-hmm. <laughs>
0: another right,
3: okay, we call this starboard <laughs>
2: uh.
0: <laughs> oh a, a shipman,
3: yes, we will teach each other things, I think
0: <laughs> I know that, um, please. Open these doors for me. Oh, wait, don't touch them. Hmm. He picks out a piece of chalk and throws it at the door. <laughs> it explodes. Uh, and there's like a light <coughs> that flashes. <laughs> and uh, uh, now open open the door. I push. So uh, come through this way. And he takes out another piece of chalk and he throws it on the ground. And all the lights in the room turn on, like all the lights in the room, which were extinguished, uh, come to life. In here is is the reliquary of of course I I uh, uh, you're welcome to take one and only one.
2: Absolutely, of, of course. W-
0: what what are you what are you looking for again? I know you told
2: me. And I explain it again more specifically that we have found the Cerneth artifact and we uh, are looking for something to find it. And uh, I uh, uh, as I as I'm kind of. Uh, just uh, kind of shuffling through uh, the marked items, I, I, I say. I, I, you know, uh, your galder is very impressive. Uh, seems very practiced. Uh, uh, might I know your name? No. Oh, well, thank you. Yes. Um, I'm Grindelfjord.
3: <laughs>
2: the Grindelfjord? Yes. I, I had no idea you were in the Odyssean uh, reliquary. It is a, it is an honor to meet you. Who is Grindelfjord? Grindelfjord, yeah. yeah. Grindelfjord. There the legends of Grindelfjord within the Seekers uh, is renowned. Uh, he, was, uh, he has earned his name uh, as a, an explorer and a finder of Sireneth articles. Uh, his name is all over uh, our texts.
0: Yes, I'm. I'm so famous, in fact, that they stored me down here for safekeeping. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so you you said you're looking for a, a map.
2: Uh, I explained for the third time what we are looking for: uh, magic compass.
3: <laughs>
0: oh, we need to go in here. He takes out another. Uh, Piece of chalk and throws it at a door in the back from like across the room. He has like very excellent aim, bullseye. <laughs> 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 uh, and the 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 door like flashes, much like the main door to this room. And he says, "Come, come back here. You you'll both have to duck." And uh, and he leads you uh, into a room where the floor is a, a painted map. Of Thea, and uh, then he walks over to a case in the back of the room that's uh, like a shadow box on the wall, and he and he like flips the little like latch and and pulls open the the little double doors, and it looks like something moves, uh, and any uh, any he, and he snatches at it with preternatural speed, and his fist is like kind of moving independently of itself. Now, you calm down now. Shuffles back over to you. Shut, shut the door behind you.
2: Uh, yeah, I do so.
0: He throws another piece of chalk. Poof. <laughs> <laughs> and there's like a, like a, weirdly a like a black flash of light. Oh. All right. Think of the thing that you want. And don't let it go until you have it firmly on your brain.
2: I, I take the object from him. What does it look like?
0: It is, um... A glass eyeball with legs.
2: Oh. <laughs>
0: and the legs are like kinda like hamster feet or like hedgehog feet. Um <laughs> and like it's trying to like run away from you. <laughs>
2: i <laughs> i lose it a couple of times and then uh, just like clap my hands together in and in yes, that's sphere. the way to do it all right all right Good. thank you uh and uh i focus very hard on the on the icon we now found when our-
0: you've got it you you got it yes, yes. I, right.
2: Right. I think i have it yes uh, all
0: right all right um uh, you let it go and it'll go where you want it to be
2: okay i focus and uh Uh, Slowly release my hand from the top and uncup it?
0: Uh, The little glass eye um, jumps like free falls from your hand. (laughs) Like, freedom! (laughs) Um, And it like splats on the ground, like not actually explodes or anything, but sort of like, you know, thwack like a like a hamster would when it jumps from your hands onto the floor. That's that sort of like boom. It, it starts running and then it rolls. It like pulls in its feet and it starts rolling around the map. And it it like takes a big circle and then a smaller circle and then it starts to settle over Vodachi right on like the Bernoulli Isle. And then suddenly it like uh, spits its feet back out and starts running again, and, uh, circles, and circles and wider circles and wider circles and wider circles, and then it it finally stops and splays its legs over Shirou's, which is the capital of Montaigne. Ah. See, it seems what you seek is in Montaigne. Ah, good luck with that one. <laughs>
3: Yeah, not the most pleasant place to go.
0: It's a wonderful place if you don't mind heathens.
2: <laughs> <laughs> well, uh, we are traveling with a few heathens ourselves, so I think we can manage. So,
0: um, is, is that all? Is that all you need? You needed. You get one try, but this seemed
2: easy. I mean, this—it uh, was certainly easier than I expected. Um, where did it stop in uh, this uh, Bermuda area first?
3: Is this where it is coming from?
0: Oh, I've seen that before. It's um, it's usually because they've taken it into the between area, so that's where it was.
2: Are you telling me that it uh, it, it moved? Moved? Yeah, isn't it transported instantaneously?
0: That's what I said. Uh, Did is, I not say that? Sometimes I forget to listen.
2: I am just trying to clarify, of course. Uh, but uh, is there a certain magic that th- this, like, is, it, is this specifically Porte magic or can it be something else?
0: I mean, there are things that appear and reappear at will. They're called monsters. Hmm. But also porte sorciers do that too so really it could be anything yeah. it's a mixed bag
2: that's very interesting uh, is there perhaps um uh, an item that you have access to that uh, would prevent something like that stop somebody from transporting well or at least make it easy to follow them
0: i'm afraid that kind of magic is very dark you're trying to take someone else's magic away.
2: I suppose this is true, but I uh, am a seeker. I would never dare abuse this power.
0: Yes, but uh, that's not a thing that I can truck with. I'd have to hate to come and kill you. <laughs>
2: Of course, no. Uh, you are the great Grindel Fjord. I would never cross you. Grindel. Grindel. Very famous. F- Grindel Fjord. Yes, yes, you are. <laughs> um, well, then this has been more than enough help. I-, I think I know where we need to go.
0: Yes, the I told you. Come here, boy. <laughs> and it like tick, 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 tick. You're going back in the case. No, don't fight it. No, it's fine. You're just going to have to listen. I'll come. I'll come visit. Okay, I won't. You're right.
2: Tough.
4: <laughs> 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 he like
0: shuts it in the little case and locks it. He'll be fine. Thank,
2: <laughs> thank you,
0: creepy glass eye. I appreciate your assistance. Well, do I get a ride or not?
3: <laughs> <laughs> okay, hop on. Window uh,
0: fjord is it? Grendel. Grendel. Grendel Fjord. Grendel Fjord. Oh,
3: it is the strangest thing. I have never met you before, and I feel like I know so much.
0: <laughs> I have one of those faces. Mush.
3: <laughs> <laughs> <laughs>
0: Left. I mean, port.
3: <laughs> <laughs> okay, yes. I, uh, I would take us back to uh, to entryway, yeah. hopefully, if that's where he directs us.
0: Yeah, he does. Uh, well, that was nice seeing you i suppose yeah. come come visit me again sometime son
2: <laughs> of course uh, i would love to hear uh, some more of your stories when i have the time uh can you mean i mean ha- any of my stories uh, exactly yes
0: mm-hmm. Spe- specificity uh,
2: well it's interesting that you remember that you have not told me any stories but i have had to tell you several things several times now what <laughs> uh, can i ask you for one more thing before we leave of course. And I take out uh, a quill and a paper and uh, simply your mark. It would be an honor to uh, see your uh, futark mark.
0: All right. If you use it, I'll know.
2: Because I will be dead, I'm sure.
0: Maybe. <laughs> and uh, he, he etches out a, a mark. Have a nice day now in the sunshine.
3: <laughs> Thank you for your assistance. Good luck evading the Inquisition. No, oh, you too. What a nice thing to say.
0: <laughs> he takes out a pipe and puts some stuff in it and starts smoking it.
2: <laughs> and uh, I I keep my eyes on Grindel Fjord uh, as we leave, just backing out in awe of his presence. I cannot believe I met the actual Grindel Fjord. I think he braided my hair. <laughs> <laughs> he did. There's a flower in it.
3: It looks good. Oh,
2: thank you.
0: Meanwhile, Bastian and Matteo, are you guys are headed to the festivities, or uh, where where are you guys going?
1: Well, of course, it would be uh, inappropriate for the sort of Castile to not be seen washing uh, uh, the bowl dance. So I will go to uh, uh, to where that is happening in town square. Uh, and hopefully uh, the headmaster and Gerrsemi as the Grand Marshal, will be present. And by proxy, uh, her his daughter and Isabel. Um, and I will, you know, make a public showing, uh, so that hopefully, uh, uh, Matteo can get uh, more in position to talk to Caroline.
0: Uh, yeah. So you you head to uh, the castle where during the morning they uh, set up a more uh protected uh like stadium arena in the courtyard uh so uh the onlookers uh wouldn't be at risk from the bull and uh the bailé is about to begin uh as you enter the the
1: champions box i raise my hat to wave at everyone <sighs> <laughs>
4: Championship suits you very well. Uh, and I accompany Bastian into the uh, champion's box, if I am allowed.
1: He is with <laughs> me. Of course you are <laughs> You are my plus one. Uh, uh, very good.
0: Yeah, and uh, Caroline is uh, pleasantly surprised to see you, Matteo, and uh, Isabel nods swiftly to both of you, but is on uh, guard duty. So she uh, lets you pass through, and then I think we will enter a dramatic scene. So uh, the stage is set. uh, You guys are in the box with Isabel and the Niswazes and Gersemi, uh, as well as a few other people that have been, you've noticed, have been around during the festival as more like officiants than actual participants. So as you step into the box, uh, the arena where you fought yesterday is transformed into uh an open relatively open area uh with a semi-open pen which is about two-thirds of the size of the entire arena uh inside of it Uh, there are our gate posts with um alternately fencing in between them and then not uh making a a a, like a quasi fenced area there's a bull being led out of the castle of all places into the arena uh by like a a halter uh, and it's trotting along it doesn't seem particularly temperamental and angry and uh the castle gates remain open. The rules of the dance, um, are, there are three dancers. Their objective is to tire the bull until it, uh, stops dancing or, or chasing after them. Uh, and when it does bull has lost the dance and, uh, becomes the centerpiece of the feast for the evening. Uh, the final dinner of the Festival of Swords. Uh, However, if the bull escapes, uh, it uh, has earned its freedom uh, and is let free to the outskirts of the city to join the roving herds there. There are enough stakes in this scene that uh, as Kirill and Gutbrand, with their new knowledge, uh, arrive in the castle, though not in the champion's box, uh, we will enter a dramatic sequence. So what is everybody's approaches?
4: Uh, I am going to sit down next to Caroline, assuming there is an open seat. And uh, I am um, uh, making casual conversation as we watch the dance about how um, I must be leaving soon. I'm going to meet with M. Boise. Uh, and we are going to continue our collaboration on fieldwork and research. Um, how we have... Um, uh, produced a very interesting lead towards c n f ruins. Very interesting uh, fieldwork potentialities. And how much I regret that Caroline may not come with me.
0: So, are you trying to tempt her into coming, wanting to come with you?
4: I believe I am. Okay. Yes. <laughs> All right. Uh, uh, Emplois, fieldwork, freedom. It sounds like a tempting offer to me. Okay.
1: As for Bastian, uh, I am going to be at first uh, talking to Jersemi and the headmaster, basically uh, saying using uh, Jersemi saying hello to her uh, and talking about the fight and you know the fact that I used the straw maneuvers I learned from her uh, and use that as a way to kind of have a three person conversation where her and I talk about our history with the headmaster, uh, who will have to listen to me to be polite. <laughs> <laughs>
0: Uh so and I'm
1: trying to to be as distracting as possible so there's little me. chance that uh uh that the headmaster notices what Matteo is talking about
2: Gutbrand is going to uh sneak up to the champions box and uh while remaining completely undetected pass on the information that he has learned from the uh, the reliquary uh, so that uh I suppose Hopefully both, but at least one of Mateo or Bastian knows our course of action, where we are going, and uh, therefore has a more solid plan in order to tempt our compatriots to come with us.
3: Uh, Kirill is going to uh, dispatch a runner to the iceberg, telling them uh, to prepare to disembark, uh, and then uh, scouts the the exterior to uh, try to find a good path of uh, exit.
0: Mateo, you're trying to convince her, so you will be rolling uh, Panache and Tempt. Bastian, you'll roll uh, Panache and Perform. Gutbrand, you'll roll Finesse and Hide.
3: Gutbrand is not here.
1: <laughs>
0: Kirill, you can roll Wits and Notice or Wits and Warfare to find the best tactical approach to this exit. There's a lot going on. Uh, so... Uh, Here are the raises that you have to spend uh, to achieve the following things. To keep Mateo's conversation secret, that's four raises. To convince Caroline is four raises. To unmask Marcel, uh, it's seven raises. To discover Isabel's story is five raises and to clear an exit is four raises. Now's the time to spend hero points or uh, advantages that might help you or add to your dice pool um, at this moment.
1: Uh, I will spend a hero point uh, for Capitan Kiro. I've given him a tour of uh, Odyssea through these days. Uh, he has a pretty good idea of the multiple paths. So hopefully uh, uh, what I have told him before will be of use to him now. And I will give him three extra bonus dice uh, with that hero point.
4: Now that I see that unmasking Marcel is a potential thing we can get, I will definitely use a hero point for camaraderie um, to uh, have briefed um, Bastian on everything I uh, suspect about uh, Marcel's uh, less uh, above-board dealings. Uh, Everything that made me suspect that he may not be... Uh, completely innocent here.
1: So this is four extra hero points?
4: That's four extra bonus dice, yes.
3: I will use my uh, <laughs> smuggling eye to recommend a uh, stealthy path for Goodbrand to take up two bucks, uh, giving him some extra dice.
0: Okay, let's roll. Does anyone have greater than five?
4: Mateo has five races with a remainder.
0: Uh, Four?
3: Uh, Carol has four. Bastian also has four. And so does Goodbrand with one remainder.
0: Matteo, you are up first.
4: As the dance begins, Matteo begins his his own dance with Caroline mentioning, uh, Ah, unfortunately, I may not be able to stay the whole dance. Um, My academics, they call me away. Uh, I am leaving from the port very soon with uh, with my crew off to well who knows where wherever wherever I am taken, wherever the Sioneth ruins that uh, Amboise and I are collaborating on uh, discovering may lead us and I will spend uh, I will spend two raises here uh, to um, Tempt uh Caroline with a prospect of perhaps meeting up with Amboise and perhaps uh getting dipping her toe into fieldwork with a professional.
0: <laughs> her interest is certainly piqued. Uh oh you are leaving so soon.
4: Uh, I regret it as well. I, I have had such a lovely time um, uh, finally really getting to know you as I never got to during university. My head always stuck in the books, I suppose.
0: And uh, you are going to meet Amboise as well.
4: Ah, I am certain we will meet up. Our uh, our paths tend to cross as we are working on such similar things.
0: Oh, it's ve- it sounds very exciting. I am... I must admit I am sad to see you go.
4: I am sad to go as well. Um, But I will be sure to deliver your regards to Amboise when I see him next.
0: Kirill, Bastian, and Gutbrand, you go simultaneously. So uh, you amongst yourselves may decide uh, who goes first.
2: I have to get up to the to the box in the first place. So, um, Goodbrand is going to spend one raise to get there undetected. Which I suppose, since it is in line with getting the information to help convince Carolyn that that we are going to a place that she wants to go, I'll I'll put it towards that.
0: Yeah, Goodbrand, it, it it takes you almost no time. Everyone is very distracted uh, by the ballet, uh, so you uh, slink up towards the box and. Uh, reach the, uh, the curtained entryway without much, uh, of a to-do at all.
2: And it is not guarded or anything?
0: Not that you can see. There might be someone standing right on the inside of the curtain.
2: Right, exactly. Uh, will spend
3: uh, two races to prepare exit uh, he will give uh, some small amounts of coins to the beggars on the stairs outside the castle, uh, asking them to, uh, first of all, vacate the stairs, and uh, second of all, to try to do what they can to pedal to people around the exit way, keep the area clear.
0: Uh, si, sí, senor, si, sí, senor, of course. Um, you are very generous, of course. Thank you. Uh, gracias, gracias.
1: It is my pleasure. Now, please do not touch. <laughs> Uh, since I am engaging in conversation with uh, Marcel and uh, Gersemi, um, I will begin to talk to them uh, saying uh, Gersemi and I give her a big hug.
0: She returns your hug uh, and uh, welcomes you to the box. Uh,
1: I lean on the Benny star uh, making it so they are if they are looking at me, they are looking away from where uh, Mateo is and i begin uh, uh I begin talking to them uh being uh, saying uh, headmaster Marcel, uh, you may not know this uh coincidence, but uh, I am a very good friend of uh of jersemy uh, I've lived with her for the past three years it is uh It is her training that was uh that allowed me to utilize the fighting style that won me the tournament. uh really uh, sh- she shares the victory as much as me i would think
0: ah uh this is something I did not know um well done, instructor.
1: Yes. Um, Vestem Menemvenhar is uh, a cold and frigid land. And uh, I only just recently left there uh, for some time after excavating a very valuable uh, Syrneth artifact with my brother. Uh, and I'm going to spend uh, two raises on unmasking Marcel.
0: Ah, a, a scholar as well as a swordsman. This is, uh, this is rare, yes.
1: Uh, well, I am not so much a scholar as my brother, but I do go where he goes.
0: What is the artifact that you have found in invest in Men
1: I take a uh, a drink of my wine to pause and think about my my answer.
0: Gutbrand and Matteo, you both have three.
2: Um, I am going to uh, you do spend two raises uh, to um, write out a message on a on a small scrap of paper. And fold it in half so that it's like it's a it's a thick V and very quietly string my bow uh, and I'm looking underneath the curtain because I, if I can see either Mateo's or uh, Bastion's shoes, I will recognize them and I want to hit them in the foot with a message.
0: Yeah, you can see both.
2: So I, I flick the message underneath, and uh, it hits Matteo in the boat, who I assume, in you know, classic film fashion, goes, "Excuse me, I have to tie my shoe." Uh,
4: I, no, I think I think what I do is um, I think like. I stomp on it and get it like stuck to, to my heel and then <laughs> cross my leg and like nonchalantly pull it off <laughs> and just like just just unroll something like while I'm talking. I just like pick this note off of my shoe and unroll it and start reading it as I as I'm
2: talking. Uh, so I'll, I'll send you the information of where we are going and also that uh, I am uh, going to uh, use a gulder on Marcel and to be prepared for uh, his truthfulness. Uh, and then I'm going to spend a hero point to um, use one of my uh, bready futark runes. Uh, it's going to be the Galder, uh, the Stort Mirka of Light, in which uh, I'm choosing a character, Marcel. And until the end of the scene, he cannot tell a lie, and he knows when anyone else is telling a lie. Uh, and with the Litet merka. It'll be the Litet mark of the target can choose to gain one raise and take wounds equal to their highest trait. It's a choose one, so nobody has to do it.
0: Uh, perfect. So-, so
2: I take I take my uh, my small cracker and uh, uh, I break it, uh, and uh, um, at the same time uh, think very hard to myself about the face and name of uh, Marcel Niswah. So that'll go to that'll still go to convince, and then my second raise will be to actually use the Galder? Yeah. OK.
0: You, you break it and there's sort of like like a, a point zero from, from which like there's a little ripple effect and it, it moves the curtain ever so slightly as, as it sort of like washes out uh, until it is sort of uh, absorbed by nothing except for Marcel Nissois. Bastian, you see him sort of shake his head for a second and, and like look around a little suspiciously at Girsemi. Uh, uh, Matteo?
4: Uh, so, as I am reading this note that uh Goodbrand has sent to me uh i I casually just add in as I am speaking to Caroline. Yes, we are going to Charouse. there we, we we shall meet Amboise uh he is waiting there for us uh but it's just ah, it is just a terrible shame that um uh, your father will not uh allow you to join me uh, but uh, after all and I note, uh, markedly raise my voice he is much more comfortable win- with women when they do not have a choice is that not right headmaster and I, and I will spend a raise to uh, contribute to unmasking Marcel if, if possible mm-hmm. I would like to like say that in you know, a like you know the Vodachi way where the Vodachi they actually mean that when they say that
0: right <laughs> right Marcel sort of uh, at first chuckles, but then sees the look on like Gersemi and his daughter's faces who have like blanched a little bit. Gersemi, because that's an embarrassing thing to say about a colleague, especially in Vestin, where women are the ruling class, basically. And um, Caroline, because her situation is very much exactly what you said, and Isabel instead kind of smirks a little bit and gets the message. <laughs> okay, so Matteo, Kirill, and Bastian, you are all at two.
3: Uh, I have waved away two carriages at this point until I find one with a horse that does not look like it is about to die. Uh, and I pay him to wait here uh, for my signal to take people to the docks uh, as fast as possible. Uh, one race towards exit strategy. Uh,
0: Mateo and Bastian?
1: I look uh, to Matteo. And I go, Matteo, that is nothing to say about the headmaster, headmaster, of course. You do not believe uh, this Vodachi's uh, ways of oppressing women, yes? Uh, and I will spend two raises towards uh, unmasking Marcel, putting him in a position to have to defend himself.
4: Vodachi? No. My beliefs are not mine alone. The headmaster is my good friend, and he, uh, and he himself has said to me that he much prefers to keep Isabel and his daughter in check. And I will drop two raises to unmask Marcel Nissoir.
0: Marcel stands up uh, indignantly and says, but of course I believe that. <laughs> well, no i i mean i am a staunch
1: supporter of
0: uh masculinity no no i,
1: <laughs> I did not know that a galder was cast until now <laughs> <laughs> and i look back to the curtain and i see Gudbrand's eye looking through
0: <laughs> and he uh stops speaking and then he looks to kirsemi and is like this is what i truly believe <laughs> uh, and uh Gersemi just, like, wallops him in the face.
1: Yeah! <laughs> Go, Mom! You
3: get him!
0: <laughs> uh, Kirill and Gutbrand, you are at one.
3: Uh, I have heard the commotion from uh, the box area, uh, so I will hold open the door. <laughs>
1: <laughs> For the final raise, towards clearing the exit.
2: Uh, Gutbrand would like to remain undetected, so he is going to eschew his final raise and uh, start heading toward finding Kirill.
0: Great. Just as Marcel uh stands back up, cradling his jaw. This is an outrage. Uh, I have I have been tricked. I have been you Vodaci, you are you think you are so smart. You have been working against me as if I have not known. Bernoulli lied to me. He says that you are a bright boy, but obviously you are not. I have been working against you from the beginning. And he stops and he sort of, like, can't believe he just says that. And uh, and uh, Caroline goes, Papa, shut up. You think that uh, you you are so special with your Cerneth ruin. You will never see it now, the where it has gone. It will go into hands that you cannot touch. We will take your little icon and we will find the pair's promise. Isabel. Take Caroline back to her tower. There she will stay. You think that just because you have won her heart, she could go with you? You little boy. You don't know who you are dealing with. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> <laughs> his his uh, monologue is um caught the attention of of those sitting around the booth as well as the guards that have been patrolling to make sure that the rowdy crowds don't a hurt themselves or b hurt each other as the guards start to uh head that way parting the crowds as they do that is where we'll end our session this podcast has been brought to you by ENPC productions all rights reserved the Essential NPCs podcast is not affiliated with, endorsed, sponsored, or specifically approved by John Wick Presents. 7C is a trademark of John Wick Presents. For more information, go to www.johnwickpresents.com.